Hey, it's producer Michael Miracle here with a quick word of thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. It's folks like you who make this workplace movement work. That's why we strive to highlight great authors and experts who bring phenomenal insight on how to bring Jesus into your workplace. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers, and together we'll make the I Work For Him mission a success. Thanks again for listening. Let's start the podcast. You're listening to I Work For Him as we talk today. Well, wait, just let me just ask this question. L- listen. Listen carefully. Can you can you hear me? Listen. Do you hear that? That's God trying to get your attention. And here's one thing that I know. He won't yell to get our attention. He wants us to learn how to hear his voice. He wants to give us the answers to the questions that we're asking. He wants us to get an unfair to have an unfair advantage in the marketplace, in our workplaces, to questions that we're asking. But we have to listen. So I brought on the guy that wrote the book that changed the world. Well, he wrote the book about the book that changed the world. We've got Dr. Jim Harris on the line with us today from drjimharris.com. We're going to talk about a couple of subjects today, a couple of blogs that he's written. His first one, Five Keys to Clearly Hearing God's Voice. And the second one, 10 Keys to Growing a Faith-Based Business or Organization. Dr. Jim Harris, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. You're the real doctor. You're the radio doctor, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to think that after four years, we've got a little bit of experience under our belt. You were there right at the beginning so and, and been on many times, but I do appreciate you. And, I, and I, you know I love your book, which we're going to give away a couple copies today, Our Unfair Advantage unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit in your business, but really it's learning how to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jim, that book has got to be your bestseller so far. It's got to be. It's, um, it's done very well, Jim. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, it really just teaches us like what you just said a minute ago. It's really all about how to hear God's voice and make sure it's His. It's really for folks who are having trouble to tune in. And so the book is, takes a business perspective on how to be led by Holy Spirit. It takes a business perspective, but that's what I like to say, because we have a lot of people that are listening today that aren't in business. They may be in a government job, or they may be in a hospital job, or they may be in a teaching job, and, or, or out in the field somewhere as, a, as an electrician or a, whatever it may be. No matter what they are, they understand, hey, I got a mission field here. But how do I learn to hear the voice of God? Jim, have you always been able to hear clearly the voice of God? Oh, you've got to be kidding, Jim. You've known me for years. No. No. Well, do you, do you gotta... I, I did it my way, you know, like the old Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. And boy, did I mess up. So I have truly been on a journey, really the last six years, Jim, on how to just tune in, get rid of the distractions, and just clarify, am I on the Holy Spirit channel? And that's a lot of what I'm doing. And, you know, the book, even though it has the business to unleash an unfair advantage in business, the vast majority of people that buy the book are not even in business. It's speaking to a much wider audience. Well, and I have given, well, every time I get copies from you, I give them away to people. And if I'm out, I tell people they got to get them, uh, they got to get one. In fact, I've got a group of people in Fort, Fort Collins, Colorado, that are starting a, a business, Christian business roundtable discussion. I said, well, that's got to be your second book. 
You got to do this other book first. Well, and it's just because it's going to help them understand spiritual gifts before they get into our unfair advantage. But of course, I told them to get Darren Shearer's book, Marketplace Christian, which talks about spiritual gifts from a marketplace perspective. And then they got to go amazing right into your book. book. Yeah, it is an amazing, amazing book. book. Darren's written an amazing, amazing book. It's, yeah, I, if I'm number two to Darren, I'm in good territory. Wow, and it's not that you're number two. It's just that people have. <laughs> now, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. That is not what I said. What I just said is that people need to understand their spiritual gifts before they can really understand how to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in their workplace. It's so true. They got to understand. It's just you can't just jump into your book because people go. Because a lot of people, I don't know what church you grew up in, but a lot of people like me who grew up in churches that never talked about Holy Spirit. They never talked. They talked about the Holy Spirit, but it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They They don't. Nobody ever really taught me that the Holy Spirit was my unfair advantage in life i didn't hear that until a decade ago i mean that's exactly right unfortunately too much church tradition gets in the way we think holy spirit is just your get out of hell free card and that's not exa- that's not at all what jesus taught in particularly in john 14 15 and 16 he's your counselor he's your helper he will tell you not only the past present and he would also tell you things to come he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is your guide. He is the same living spirit in him, God's spirit that lived in Jesus when Jesus did all he did on earth. It's the same Holy Spirit. And it's been too ignored for too long in the body of believers. Amen. All right, we're talking today with Dr. Jim Harris. Check him out online at drjimharris.com. Drjimharris.com. I recommend you sign up for his blog for sure. And I recommend you get ready to make a phone call after the bottom of the half hour to get a copy of Our Unfair Advantage. All right, so let me just share a little testimony, if you would, about how you have learned to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life so that you can make decisions based on what God cares about instead of what you care about? The first and foremost thing I had to do, Jim, is really kind of simple, but yet it's most, maybe the most difficult, is just say, you know, I purpose to start listening, and it's listening from the inside, not from the head, not from outside pressure. In fact, I write in the book that many of us in life, we're head-led or idea-led or pressure-led or money-led or kid-led and all these other things instead of being led by Holy Spirit. So first, you purpose. And once you say, yeah, I want to do that, then the first big fundamentalist just wait, 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 you jump right to Wait a minute, you jump right just to your practice. list. I wanted to hear your testimony. How, what kind of battles have you and your bride, Brenda, gone through to mm-hmm. learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit? Give me your test. We'll go through those five points, I promise. I want to hear how, talk to me about the bloody struggle that you've gone through. We have gone through in the last six years, actually the last five years, um, truly demonic oppression in, um, in our son. And it's, fi- it's, time, it's fine to say that now. When we first saw the demonic oppression, we were absolutely floored. We were in a, a traditional denomination that didn't even recognize that kind of stuff and didn't even come close to recognizing Holy Spirit. And when we figured out what Paul said, this is a spiritual war and not a war of fe- flesh and blood, it took us into the deep end of a pool on how do we listen to God? There's much more here than we understand. And we started learning the difference between prayer and communion. Communion with the Lord. Prayer is basically a checklist. Will you do this for me? Communion is quieting and just listening. Listening, listening, listening. Not being in a hurry 
and listening and learning how to block out all those distractions and just tune in and look look down to your look look down inside where Holy Spirit lives and say, Is that you? Is that you? Yes, I think it is. And you start looking for that inner witness. He is a witness. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, Romans eight fourteen. And so when we tune inside to the Holy Spirit living in us and seek that co witness, we had to have a radical, radical experience in our life to come to the realization, Jim, that we need to listen. So when we purpose to listen, he started speaking. Here's what you do, here's what you do next, and we got better and we've gotten better and we've gotten better. Hmm. And that's the conversation I want to have, because so many of us, no matter what we do during the day, we're all trying to figure out, how do I walk with the Lord? How do I focus more on being in His presence? How do I focus on clearly hearing His voice and not being distracted with my voice or the world's voices or the, or the enemy's voices, the demonic oppression, whatever you want to... So many different ways you can get distracted, whether it's the enemy or just ourselves. People need to hear, this is part of growing in Christ. This is part of walking with Christ. And if we're going to impact our workplaces with our faith, we need to, we need to grab onto this because we are never going to make an impact for Christ in our workplace if we're not being driven by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that true? That's 100% true. Because we end up doing it under our own power for our own reasons and our own results and not His. And when we get that, we get duds. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a huge difference. It's, it's, it's so much more freedom. Because so, you know that when you know that you know that you know. So, yep, this is what the Lord wants me to do. I don't care what it looks like on the outside. I know on the inside, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm walking into my destiny, and you have peace. Because there is no toil. Proverbs says there's no toil. There's no toil when you listen to the Word. It, there is no toil for those who, who are working in. It, my burden is light. All right, very good. So let's talk about your blog that you wrote back in mid-June, Five Keys to Clearly Hear God's Voice. And I, and I love this, and that's why when I saw it, I'm like, mm, I really want to hit this because this really is a great intro to people calling in for your book. And it's, and it's something that everybody could use. I am constantly battling with this, just shutting up and listening and asking the Lord, Father, help me to hear you clearly. So let's talk about it. Let, let's go this. Your, your blog, you lead the way. Yeah, this is based on Habakkuk. Is that how you pronounce it, Habakkuk? I have no idea. I'm not a scholar. I think Hab- it is. Yeah, okay. I think it's Habakkuk or Habakkuk two verses one through three. This is uh, those three verses. Uh, as I was reading them, the God re- God revealed this to me not long ago, and I just released it in the blog. And I see five things here very quickly. Number one. In Habakkuk 2, 1, first part of the verse 1 is, I stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. I stand my watch. In other words, we've got to meet him. We're standing and we're getting ready to meet him. So first thing, we've got to meet him. And here's the big lesson from this, Jim, that I've learned. Ten-minute devotionals wrapped around someone else's commentary are totally insufficient to fully hear God's voice. We have to set aside time blocks is what I call it my executive coaching. With significant time blocks, not just five minutes, ten minutes, maybe 30, 45 or more. Frankly, almost every morning, seven days a week, between 90 minutes and two hours, I'm up early and I'm just setting aside, Holy Spirit, what have you got for me today? I've got to be willing to meet him and not rush it. And, and, and let's just talk about why that's so important. 
I, I, give me your perspective. This is this is what you wrote. Why do you think it's so important that we are not rushed? When we get when I get rushed, it basically becomes a prayer checklist. Okay, help my help my family, help me get this contract. I need more business. Thank you, Lord. See you. And we're running off into the the war, and we're not really prepared from the inside out. It's a spiritual war, not a battle of flesh and blood. And so when we do slow down, Jesus went to the mountaintop time after time, all night to the mountain to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray. And so when we say, Lord, I care so much about you that our relationship is number one, I'm going to take my time and let you speak to me as quickly as you know that I can handle it. And sometimes it takes time to really reveal the next step for you. And see, to me, when I when I thought, yeah, it takes time, but when I see that, I also see that the Lord is never in a hurry. Jesus demonstrated everywhere he went that he was never in a hurry. He was never in a rush. And that he wants us to be at peace because that's when we are closest to him, is when we're at peace. And we're, when we're in a rush... That, that we're not really experiencing what God wanted us to experience in living life to its fullest because peace was supposed to be at the center of that. that is, is that, do you think that's on base? That's exactly right. I've forgotten who uh, this is true of. I've forgotten which, which hero in the last uh, couple of centuries is true of a pastor. He said, I've got so much to do today, I better spend five hours in prayer. And they always got more done after spending four to five hours in prayer, never mm. rushing. All right, so stepping up, key number one, meeting with him. What's number two? Now you've got a watch form. The rest of the verse in verse one talks about and watch to see. This is where we look for uh, through our spiritual eyes as well as our natural eyes because God and the Holy Spirit will move around you. Sometimes it's within you. When you watch to see, it might be dreams and visions. You know, Joel 2, Acts 2, talk about dreams and visions. But it's also their circumstances. In fact, Jim, very often, the Lord will speak to me, Holy Spirit will speak to me more in circumstances than necessarily internal witnesses. So as I see things line up in the natural that are falling from heaven, I've just got to be sure and watch for them. Is this of you, Holy Spirit? This is of you. And if I get that internal witness, yeah, that's for you, go after it, then I've got an external vision, an external circumstance that confirms my internal witness. So I've got to meet with him, be willing to spend time to learn how he moves in my heart, and then watch for him. Can you give us an example of that, the watching part? What's that look like for you? Uh, for me, when, um, when I pray for business, and I do a lot of executive coaching, I have retainer clients in business, I coach pastors. I coach some pastors right there in the Clearwater area. And when I go for new business, one of the ways that I do it is just, Father, bring me the hungry ones. Bring me the hungry ones. Yes, I market. Yes, I blog. But bring me the hungry ones. And then when I get that external, hey, I heard about you. Can we talk? Nine times out of ten, when they come to me, it's a closed deal, and I don't have to worry. It's not a hard sale. I'm just watching. That confirms that confirms for me. I'm just listening. I'm waiting. And when I hear that confirmation, God's already laid it out. And and that's really what we, people just need to be encouraged. There's there's thousands of people who are going to listen to this eventually as it gets spread out all across the world. And so many of us are like, well, how do we do this? How do we really walk with the Lord? And that the first those first two key points, 
meet with him, spending time, unrushed time, and then watching for him. And, and as I prayed, it's like, Lord, help me to see what you're doing all around me. That's how I pray, and I think that's what you just said. And what's the, the key number three is, is probably where I struggled the most, where, where James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That quick to listen thing. Well, what your key number three? What is that? It's listen. We meet with him, watch for him, and listen to him. This is this is where we start putting some meat on the on the spiritual ear's bone. Now we're listening with our spirit, our heart, and our soul, and not so much with our heads. We may see something physical in the watch for him. There may it may be a natural um, affirmation of what we sense is going on. But now we come inside and say, ooh, let let me double-check, let me double-check, let me double-check. He will correct us if we're wrong. If we see something that we think is of him, remember, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is a great deceiver. He is the ultimate liar. He will attempt to come in as an angel of light. So even as you meet and even as you watch for him, now we have to come back for that, if you will, what's it called, the the discount double-check? You wait for the discount double check, you listen to him, and say, okay, Lord, is that from you? Is this from you? Is this from you? And the Holy Spirit on the inside will say yes or no. And the more we spend time with him, the more we'll be able to recognize whether it's a yes or a no. The discount double check? Don't you remember that from the... um, from what was that? The, the football guy, Aaron Rodgers, I, had that on a commercial. You just got to double check it, man. Just go back and double check it. I was just—I'm trying to remember where I heard it, but I knew I had heard it before. Okay, all yeah, right. It's so, an insurance thing, man. You know, discount double check. It used to be a big thing. Sorry, I guess I'm dating myself. No, 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 no. It's very—I don't even. Okay. <laughs> First, we've got to meet, meet him. First, we're meeting with him. Then we're watching for what he's doing all around us, and we're listening, and we're asking, is this from you, Father? Is this from me? Holy Spirit, is this you speaking into us? And then number four, key number four, this is a big one. I've been learning this one. This is huge, and I did not get this for a lot of years. you got to write it down. You gotta, when God gives you insight and revelation, you've got to write it down. In fact, Habakkuk 2 2 says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets or iPads or whatever, that he may run who reads it. You write it down. Why should God give you a revelation, Jim, and you don't even care enough to write it down? Why should he give you any more? Yeah, I mean, why would he? I mean, he's like, you're not, you're not paying attention when I'm talking to you. Although I know he's very patient. You're not patient. doing what I'm asking you to do. Why should right. I, you're not even doing what I've already told you. Right. But a lot of times he's way more patient than you and I are. So he'll come back and say, come on, let's mm-hmm. give us another try. Let's give us another try. But the writing it down thing, it's amazing. But sometimes I feel stupid writing things down because they don't make sense. They don't have to because in time he'll reveal it. We'll get to that in a minute. Well, okay, so we're we're meeting with him. We're spending really unrushed time, and we're looking and watching for him to do things around us and to be, really be aware of what he's doing. Then we're listening and confirming, and then we're writing it down, which is powerful. What's the number five? And verse 3 of Habakkuk 2 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. We have to wait for it. You write it down, it may not make sense right now. But in time... If you're listening and waiting and you're writing it down and reflecting and in communion and not just rushing through a prayer list, it will make sense. Great example. Um, I, have, uh, I have begun here at our house of prayer in Pensacola a Monday night. We call it Marketplace Mondays. And one of the impartations I shared with those that come just for Marketplace, how we can hey, transform wait, our Marketplace. What's, a, what's an impartation? That's a big Mondays. word. 
No, what's an impartation? Monday. Okay, what's a, a teaching? I had a school okay. teaching. All right. And uh, then we go into intercessory prayer. And I said, let's everybody seek a word, you know, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Just a word, just a word. I got the word just five weeks ago, prerequisite. I had no idea. I wrote it down, and I've prayed about it. And now, just last week, now I understand what it means. But it took a month. For that, and that's not a very long time. But it took a month. I wrote it down. It didn't make any sense. But now I know. I wrote it down. I waited for it. I pressed into it. And now the Lord made it clear what he meant by that. So you'd have to wait for it. And that's when you read the scripture, because they've got, you know, thousands of years condensed down into just a few thousand pages or a little over 1,500 pages, we don't often realize how long people had to wait on the Lord. We think it's a really long time to wait an hour. And and Abraham waited 25 years for God's promise to be fulfilled. Joseph waited 13 years for his promise to be fulfilled. I mean, time and time and time and time and time again, people had to wait a long time. That waiting, is that easy for you, Jim? Absolutely not. I'm a type A just like you, brother. <laughs> it's so hard does, on the but, flesh. It's hard on the flesh. I'm an entrepreneur. Let's go, 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 go. Wait, wait, wait. It's tough. All right, so the wait for it. But you've got the, you, then you throw in a bonus key at the end of this blog. Really quick. <laughs> really quick. Uh, a bonus key? A bonus key? Okay. It says, um, well, that's what it says, one more key. Clear your mechanism. What do you mean? Key. This has been the biggest transformation for me in my, if you want to call it, prayer life, because it is prayer life. Clear your mechanism and hear God's voice. I had another blog on that. Clear your mechanism. Here's what I mean by that. I, I have taught myself, and you can do this pretty quickly, to walk into wherever your prayer chamber is, it happens to be in my office, got another chair and a bistro table, and instead of walking in with my list to pray over, I've created a clear my mechanism phrase that just works for me. Holy Spirit, what you got for me today? That's it. Sometimes it's reading the Bible, sometimes it's just prayer, sometimes it's a combination, sometimes I'm journaling, but He will direct you to what you need at that time. That seems incredibly simple. I think it would be way more, have more five-syllable words in it or something like that. The gospel is simple. You know that, Jim. It is simple. We tend to overcomplicate it. He's there willing and able and ready to lead. All we've got to do is sit back and, just like we've talked about today, listen to him, write it down, do what he says, and let him lead us for a change. What a miracle. I love that blog. If you want to get a hold of Dr. Jim Harris's blogs, go to his website, drjimharris.com, drjimharris.com. There is never a blog that I get from him that I don't like. Wow, we should maybe do a show on that. But, you know, I don't want him to, I don't want him, I don't want to spoil him and do it all the time. But those, I try to pick out a couple every six months and we do something like this. All right, your other blog that I really want to talk about today was a great, very, very practical blog that you wrote. 10 Keys to Grow a Faith-Based Business. And I put on there 10 Keys to Grow a Faith-Based Business or Organization because I really think it's, it's that. It's, got, it's all the keys that we need to grow powerful organizations being driven by the Holy Spirit. So, so why did you come up with this list? Why did you do this? Well, it, it's going to sound campy since we're chatting about Holy Spirit and being led, but Jim, honestly, I was just led to do it. He said... Um, well, why don't you do a blog on some of the things you've learned over the years? I said, okay. 
And so this is just a download of some of the stuff that I've learned from mistakes I've made and say, oh, okay, now I'm getting it, Lord. So really it's just like ten things that I've learned. All right, so number one. Well, number one, it's not your business, it's God's business. We all know that, we all know that, we all know that, but here's a mistake I made for years. I thought it was my business, so I made the decisions of my business. I said, God, will you bless it? Instead of going to him first and saying, what do you want me to do? Because I know if I'm doing what he wants me to do, he'll bless it. It's his business, not mine. <laughs> and and I got to tell you, I struggle in exactly the same thing. I thought that I had a business so that I could give God 10%. Instead of real, realizing, <laughs> after we went through Crown Financial Ministries, which I recommend for every Christ-following couple, yeah, after I went yeah. through that, and I'm like, oh, oh, so it's all God's. And he just wants me to trust him back with 10%. To, I mean, but it's all his, but it's he, he, it's none of mine. <laughs> I'm just a steward. That was an amazing transformation in my mind when I understood that. And a big step. It's huge because that's not what we're taught as entrepreneurs, particularly entrepreneurs in business. Wow. And so many. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was number one. It's not your business. It's God's business. Number two. I love this. I'm just going to read it out. Getting rich is not the goal. Not that money's a bad thing. But bringing glory to God is the goal. What do you mean? That is the weirdest business thing ever. Well, you know, any business or any organization, you know, I'm ta- I typically speak to business owners. Getting rich is not the goal. We, he wants us to earn a profit. In fact, Matthew 25, he demands we earn a profit. If we don't, well, I'm going to take away from you and give to someone who's giving a return on investment. Number one is bringing glory to God. And we bring glory to God when we realize it's his business and do what he asks us to do. If you're, if you're getting rich at the failure of your family, then you're a failure. Mm, wow. And and I think it's really important to know, because we do have a lot of business people listening, is to understand the Bible does not criticize. And, and make sure people, you grew up in church, some people think that the Bible criticizes people making money. No! Making money nope. is what God designed it. It's just not supposed to be our central focus. It's not supposed to be our driving passion. Glorifying the Lord is a driving passion. Making money is a necessity. You're not in business if you're not making money. But it's really important. What should be our number one priority? If if making, getting rich isn't our number one priority, what should be our number one priority? Well, that goes into number three. Good lead in there, sir. You're a professional. I like that. The business is not your number one priority. Your relationship with God is. And guess what we've been chatting about all program? How to dig deep with Holy Spirit and be in communion with our conduit to the Father. So your relationship with God is your number one priority over marriage, over being a dad, a mom, over business. When we get the relationship right with God, everything else flourishes. Mm, I love that. Hey, we're talking today with Dr. Jim Harris. Check him out online at drjimharris.com. If you're a business owner or leader of an organization, his blogs are going to blow your mind. And he comes and speaks and and helps with organizations. You can. He is a wealth of information. He travels all the time. He's speaking all the time. Check him out online, drjimharris.com. I'd like to thank Craig in Clearwater in April and Mulberry for calling in and winning copies of Our Unfair Advantage. You guys, hold on. As you read this book, it's going to shift your paradigm forever. All right, so of the first, ten, first three of the ten keys to growing a faith-based business or organization, it's not your business, it's God's business. Getting rich is not the goal. Bringing glory to God is the goal. The business is not your number one priority. Your relationship with God is your number one priority. What's number four, Dr. Jim Harris? This is really for the 
smaller entrepreneur or a senior leader of an organization. This is directly to them. This is something I've learned. Build your business mission to align with your personal mission. One of the things I've learned over the years is that any culture of an organization is simply the long shadow of its leader. So your business culture should parallel your personal values, your personal values of wanting to glorify God through your relationship. That will come out in the business mission, even if you're on a covert operation. You're not overt in just glorifying God in your business. But it should parallel. Because if it doesn't parallel, then you are possibly being misled by the enemy, and you're not willing to glorify God through your business. Give me an example of that. Give me an example of that. So many businesses go about, and this is what I did for many years. I wrote several books on organizational culture and all this stuff. And you just take what's typically in Fortune and Forbes and Inc. and Entrepreneur and all these other business, and you come up with a mission statement that has nothing to do with really your personal values. And if you have any impact on your business, it should reflect your personal values because as it does, because we have been ordained to be prophets to the nations, as it does, you will be, your light will shine through your personal values as you build and grow your business if you're giving your business to God and you don't have to quote a verse. I, I mean, I, I love that. And, and so often in my own personal business, I, I, I've, I've seen that where I have my own personal mission. And really, I like to call it my personal core values and my business core values didn't match up my personal core values. And they were constantly in conflict, whether I was working for somebody else or they were even in my own businesses. It's, it's so important to align that stuff. I love it. But sometimes you need somebody from the outside, like a Dr. Jim Harris to come in and go, are you stupid? Look at this. You're fighting yourself. I mean, I, isn't that true? Um, yes, and I will give you 10% royalties in any business I get. How about that, Jim? You like that? <laughs> I, would, I, would love, <laughs> I would love for Thank I Work for him to be blessed that way. That would be fantastic. You're, you're you know, very I, kind. Thank I, you. I, I love what you said, that any culture in any organization is in the long shadow of its leader. That is, that, yeah. that's, that is tweetable. That is tweetable. I like that. All right, number five, take, the hands off, take your hands off the wheel. Okay, but if you're the leader of your organization, your business, your small business, your church, what do you mean take your hands off the wheel? Because that seems pretty scary, because sometimes the road has twists and turns in it. Well, who knows best how to navigate those twists and turns? Does my little brain or does the Lord? And that's where trust comes in. That's where sometimes, sometimes you have to wait on him. Keep doing what you're doing, but let him steer the boat. How many times have I said, this is not happening fast enough. I I can take it from here. And, (laughs) oh, boy, have I messed up. Don't ask my wife how many times I've messed up, okay? Let's get Brenda on the line. Let's get her on the line. Don't you dare. No, I don't want you to hear the truth about how what I've learned over the years. You kidding me? (laughs) No, this has been a hard lesson for me because I'm a type A. I want to get her done, man. Get her done. I get that. I totally get that. And so often I find my hands back on the wheel. I'm like, okay, Lord, sorry. Sorry, here's the keys. And I have to mentally project it in my head like I'm giving the keys to the Lord because otherwise, and it's something sometimes I have to do it all the time. I'm like, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm being a control freak again. Well, Jim, you're you're wired that way. That's okay. But we recognize and we say, okay, Lord, it's yours. You've at least recognized that so many others don't. Mm. Yeah, but I'm still taking the keys back all the time. <laughs> Come on, Lord, let's go. Let's put a shifter down. Let's downshift a little bit. Let's go. All right, number six, 
Number six, go ahead with that one. God's timing is indeed, it's always right, it's always best. That's another way to say, just wait, the answer's coming. Remember what we said earlier in Habakkuk 3? Wait, 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 wait. It's going, if he has promised it, it's going to happen. It may be six months, it may be six years, but if he's promised it, you know it, it's going to happen. Don't push it through on your own schedule. If you follow number five, take your hands off the wheel, number six is a little bit easier. You can wait and trust that his timing is best. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be comfortable while you're waiting. Sometimes the Lord wants us to get a little uncomfortable while we're waiting. Joseph probably did not uh, really enjoy being in the prison that much, but he was encouraging everybody else around him. He found joy in the Lord. He said, hey, boys, how you doing around here? Why are you so glum? We're in prison, dude. took him a few years to finally get up and speak to Pharaoh. So, yeah, it's not always pleasant. No, I get that. All right, so take your hand. All right, so we're talking with Dr. Jim Harris today about his 10 keys to growing a faith-based business or, or organization. Number one, it's not your business. Number two, getting rich is not the goal. Bringing, God's, bringing glory to God is. The business should not be your number one priority. Your relationship with God should be your number one priority. Build your business mission to align with the personal mission that God's laid on your heart. Take your hands off the wheel. Give the, give the wheel to your Heavenly Father who knows the direction. And God's timing is indeed always right. Number seven, this is great. This is an Isaiah verse right here. My thoughts are not, your thoughts are not always, are, are my, not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways, oh Lord. I mean, that's it. Go ahead. What is number seven? Not number seven, God's idea of success may not be yours. And what I mean by that is that if we're basing our idea of success on what the world claims is success, stuff like profit and prestige and power, that's not God's idea of success. His idea of success is much more around purpose and people and principles. When we're, in, when we're dealing in God's area of success and stepping into our destiny, then we will be successful eternally, not just on this earth. But it's so hard. That's that waiting thing. God's idea of success is different than our ideas of success. That, that's a... That's a, that's a twist. That's a twist. When somebody operates with these principles, 10 keys to growing a faith-based business or organization, Jim, when we come back, I want you to just describe for people what happens when somebody takes their hands off the wheel, they really turn control over to the Lord, what it really, really looks like. We're talking with Dr. Jim Harris today. Check him out online, drjimharris.com. He writes incredible blogs about how you and I can put our faith into action right where we're at each and every day. Check them out online, drjimharris.com. We're talking about the 10 keys to growing a faith-based business or organization. And I put that in there because so many of us are wondering, how do I do this? How do I put my faith at the center of what I'm doing? This blog will help get you there. Dr. Jim Harris, pick it up with number eight on this list of 10 keys to growing a faith-based business or organization. If, if we're saying so far, and I have over the years, boy, it's so hard to do the others. Here's one that's reassuring. God can turn our mistakes into triumphs. Even when David, you know, committed adultery, guess what? In the end, there was triumph there because Solomon ended up being born. So even he can turn our mistakes into triumphs. One bad decision does not derail God's plans. Repent and correct and climb back on the horse and get on with it. Ah, and that's the key. Repent. Because that's what David did. David recognized the fact that he was wrong, and he truly repented before the Lord, and the Lord just said, I love you, let's go, let's start moving forward again. 
I mean, it, I that's forgive right. you, and let's. I mean, and that's that's the key. And I have seen this in my own life. I'm sure you've seen it in your life. I mean, God taking our mistakes to turn into triumphs. It's humbling. Oh boy, is that a humbling one? Yeah, it is. You're right. All right, number nine. God's always ready to listen and respond. He is always ready to listen and respond. If you're not sure about the next step, you're not getting a clear indication as best as you can tell from the Lord, from what we've chatted about already, number one, study His Word, seek godly counsel, and pray. He's always ready to listen and respond. Just keep going after it. Don't stop. Uh, And do this often, and don't be rushed, as we talked about in the first half of the show. Really spend that time with the Lord. Because as I've heard sermons and I've studied it in the Scriptures myself, Whenever God asked somebody to do something, he made it very clear what he wanted them to do when, it, when the timing was right. He made it clear. He doesn't expect us to operate out of oblivion. He expects us to operate on the clear direction that he wants to give us. But it sometimes takes us, uh, the, he wants us to listen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, right. it makes me giggle because, oh my word, I hope before I die, I've really learned how to be a better listener. I don't know. All right, number 10 on the top 10 ways. No, the top 10 keys. How about just the 10 keys to grow a faith-based business or organization? Dr. Jim Harris, what's number 10? You know, we just need to give it all we've got and leave the results to God. Just leave the results to God. Just give it all you've got. Because when we do, when we give it to Him, just like Ephesians 3.20 says, that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think, but it's according, get this, many people forget this, it's according to the power that works in us. That's Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.20 says, give it all you got, let the power work within you, and watch God do exceedingly abundantly above all you could even imagine. Now, when you sent out that blog, this 10 Keys to Grow a Faith-Based Business, one of your followers added two keys to that list. I mean, I thought that was fascinating. First of all, the people felt free enough to actually say, hey, Dr. Jim Harris, I think maybe you missed a couple. Well, do you remember what those keys were? I did write them down just in case you didn't remember. Do you remember what those two other ones were? Um, that, that, was, um, that was Eric, wasn't it? Eric, Eric that's Eric, correct. California. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think um, Eric Eric wrote down, let's see, what was it? He said one of them was, he said he hesitated to add these, but it's so good. Um, let's one see. was being he generous. Said, one was being yes, generous. be generous. That was good. Generosity from Deuteronomy 15 and 7. That's right, be generous. And realize the source. God is the source of our provision. He is the one that generates prosperity. So those are excellent, excellent keys. Well, and, and really, if we can learn, well, once we've learned that we're stewards, that it's not all ours, the generosity thing becomes a whole lot easier because we're like, well, it's not mine anyway. I, I, I mean, God's asked me to give it away, so it's not mine. I, I'm not attached to it. Dr. Jim Harris, as always, it goes way too fast, but thank you so much for being an eye work for him. Thanks for sharing the wisdom that God's laying on your heart through Holy Spirit. And as you write these blogs and you write these books, just really quick, 10 seconds or less, when is the follow-up to the impactor coming out? Well, I am in the midst of, of crafting that now. Expect it in the next 16 months. Okay. Well, we, we won't wait that long to bring you back on. But Dr. Jim Harris, thanks for being an eye work for him today. Thank you so much, Jim. God bless you, my friend. Make sure you check out Dr. Jim Harris online at drjimharris.com. That's drjimharris.com. 
It's just going to be a phenomenal resource. I'm just always trying to point you to resources. This is a great resource. And check out these blogs we just highlighted. 10 Keys to Growing a Faith-Based Business and 5 Ways to Clearly Hear God's Voice. You've been listening to I Work Frame with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower because my mission field is my workplace and I work for him.